Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning from Coolidge, Arizona. On May the 26th, 2019, it is a wonderful day down here. And hopefully the rest of the country is miserable. That gives us a favored position. If the resurrection is not real, and I'm talking about the resurrection, the resurrection is a noun, not an action. If the resurrection is not real, then there are no other issues that are relevant. We may as well go home. But if it is real, that should be the most precious of all matters. And the point out of which everything else is discussed. We're discussing mind, first of all, mind versus heart, not versus, but in, in addition to a study on our heart, we have, um, you might want to give one of those to um, <clears throat> Tony. He's got one right there. Okay, he's got one. Uh, we're on the five, fifth or sixth one down. I don't have it in front of me, but... Uh, we're just looking at one this morning, first of all, in Romans chapter 14 and verse 5. These are the verses that deal with the word mind. I think there's 12 or 13 places in the New Testament where it is used. And um, this is the case where we're going to look at verses, uh, verse 5 of chapter 14 of the book of Romans and see how it's used here. And that's all that we're doing here in before we get into our text. We got some critical things in our text to deal with today. But in Romans chapter 14, verse 5, now remember we're talking about this term as it exists, only in its own position, not dealing with the context. One person regards one day above another. That's a pretty straightforward statement. Now, I regard my birthdays in a different way that you regard my birthdays, but you'll be saved when you get to regarding mine the same as I regard mine. Right? You've got to get that straight. Well, a few of us drop out in the pool. We've got a pool for, you know, what birthday you're actually going to make it to. Oh, Uh, (laughs) yeah, that's true. I want to join that pool. All right. So one person regards one day above another, and another regards every day alike. Anything got nothing unusual there. Yeah. Nolan, how many doctorates degrees would it take to misunderstand that one? At least five, maybe six. Maybe five or six doctorates in order to misunderstand that or get more out of it than what's there. You have to be sure. highly educated to get that. Oh, yeah, you'd have to be. Now, each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. Now, he doesn't give us in this verse what the issue is about, and we're not concerned about the issue. He's talking about there are some things that are individual, and we have to come to grips with that 
on our own basis and not force it upon other people within the body. There are, I was intending to draw a chart on the board this morning, but my uh, eraser, liquid eraser was gone and I couldn't get enough room up there. But if you were to draw three circles and they each overlap, in the middle you have one place where all of the circles overlap. And then in each of the other two circles you have a place where just two overlap. The middle, we would call those things upon which is determined by revelation. It's determined by scripture. We don't have a choice as to whether or not we believe that Jesus has come in the past or if he's going to come in some distant future. We don't have a choice on that because the scriptures are very clear on that. There are some things that the scriptures don't address. So there he lets you choose and let each person be fully convinced in their own mind. Do your own thinking. What we determine here is that the mind has the capability of being convinced on its own merit about something that has merit in it. And that's important. Some things can be individually decided upon. And when they are, they are not to be forced upon other people, and there, there is our freedom. So it also tells us that the non-Calvinist mind is the mind that can use discernment. It can make a decision about which things are revealed and which things are not revealed, upon which we can make some kind of uh, personal and individual decision upon. I think that's a very important concept that violates all of the Calvinist points of view. Well, let's, um, <clears throat> let's go to our text now. That's enough of that. Next week we'll deal with the next one down the line on, um, on the uh, mind chart. <clears throat> we want to talk today uh, just a little bit about verse 28, verse 29 in um, uh, Acts chapter 17. How are you folks doing on your drama? Have you, are you working on it or do you need 20 lashes with the wet noodle? Uh, I think we need the lashes with the wet noodle. Yeah, we've been pretty busy, but we, we, we was even reading it, or she was reading it on the drive home from Sedona yesterday oh, yeah. as we drove along. So she's good. It's like I told you before, I don't have it memorized word for word, but I've got the order memorized. All right. So uh, that's well, the way next, I feel about it. The next thing is putting it together verse by verse and then getting a flow for it. These folks have, are committed to memorizing the sermon, Mars Hill sermon, and uh, dramatizing it and putting it on as a uh, Sunday morning assembly. Dramatizing. What? Dramatizing? Well, whatever yeah. whatever they choose to do, because she's a dramatist, and I We've suppose that she is actually, she's trained. So. Yeah. We've got costumes, if you want to <laughs> do that. Greg will build you a scene. Well, we had... Uh, Great. I expect you to be in character. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, David, I don't want to take the mood off your topic there, but going back to Romans, what you read before, doesn't that theory apply to the two laws as well? Oh, yes. 
that's what the, the way that it hit me. Yeah, sure. What are the two laws? Quickly, one? To uh, do, do all that you say you'll do. That's right. And number two is for, to respect others and their personal property. I, other people word it. That's how I word it okay. for the kids. We just but respecting others is respecting their thoughts and wishes and desires, regardless of where they are. And all other Bible principles that deal with man horizontally fit into one of those two issues. There is uh, every law of God horizontally now, not vertically, uh, deal with those, uh, are, can be found within the boundaries of those two laws, that you do everything that you agree to do, and secondly, that you do not encroach nor infringe on some other person. Now, that agrees with all of, all of the tenets of Hinduism, of Buddhism, and certainly of Christianity. We have that in common with every major religion in the world. Folks, that doesn't make them wrong, because look at what Paul does. He takes the poet from a Gentile history, two philosophers here, remember, in this sermon? He said, even your own poets have said, Gentile poets have said this about this condition, and now he goes on to say, and that is the condition. He takes it right out of a paganist source, and makes it a part of his gospel. We are his children. We are his, his, offspring. His, his offspring. His offspring. Being then the offspring of God. See, he's already said, now your guys have said this. Now I'm confirming that's the truth of the matter. See, he uses the word your own. Your own, own. yes. Tying it to them. That's a good point. So, um, for us, we are, we, we, we are the very offspring of God. Yeah. Now, and, and from one blood. And, and from one. From one blood. origin. Yeah. Nowhere, I don't think there's a word blood is it not in there, I don't think, but it's one. So, uh, yes. one source, one origin. Now, th- now think about that. The, um, it doesn't matter what nationality you are. They they can't tell what they can't tell what color color you are by looking at your blood. They can't. No. No. Well, they could mine because mine's purple. <laughs> but most people's are red. That's only people from Minnesota, though. Yeah. But any anyhow, uh, here uh, he picks out one thing that was true about what the pagan community had said, and he builds the rest of his case upon that reality. I think that is one of the most magnificent parts of this story. Imagine the truth of verse 29, that we are confirmed by the apostle, we are out of the very offspring of God. Imagine such a thing. Now, that's why I spent time last week defining Godhead. It's used three times in the Bible. Actually, only once. It is never, never deity. There's no way you can get deity out of this word. I mean, the word 
because you'd have to change the spelling. This is the word here, used here, when he talks about, and it's translated Godhead, which the Bible never speaks of. That's a, you know, what we get, it's so difficult for us to get a hold of that, and yet we get hold of some other things that are so, more, so, so much more difficult, and we get them clear, but we can't get this clear. Now, when, when it talks, that when this word, this particular word that's used here, and you can check this out with your lexicons, uh, this is the word that means that which proceeds from or out of. Now, you think about why he's introducing that word at this time in what he has just said. He has just said, we are the offspring of God. And then he talks about this word that's translated Godhead. Meaning, that which comes out of God. And then he goes on to say that, well, first of all, he introduces black, uh, blueberry pie. Now, you can see that right there in the text. See that word up there? That means blueberry pie. Blueberry pie. You don't see that? Well, he says, I'm a blueberry pie. And if you have a blueberry pie, and you cut it into ten pieces, what is each piece going to be like? Like every other piece. Like every other piece. It's all going to be blueberry. This word for Godhead means... you. You can go through all those books of Kittle over there, you know, we got them all. But it means that which is duplicatable, that which can be duplicated. The, and the blueberry pie, every piece is a duplicate of what it came out of, right? So he is saying, now get a hold of what he is saying. You are of the, we, we are all of the offspring of God. And then he says, you can't liken that unto gold and silver and stone. Why? Because that doesn't fit. It's not a duplication of what God is. It's not a piece of the blueberry pie or huckleberry pie. Gold, silver, and stone are merits within themselves. But they haven't proceeded from God. That's why this word means that which proceeds from, out of the Godhead or God. God. The word Godhead is not a Bible term either. This, this so. is this is you know, in short, it's explaining that that man is the made in the image of God. That's what we're talking about. Here. Sure. That's right. That's well enough said. So we, that's verse twenty. Excuse me. We don't have any problem with that. No. Well, can I ask something? Sure. Um, this might be kind of against what is being said, but I'm just new to all this here. So, yeah. um, is there any possibility that since Paul was in the midst of where he lived among the, the Roman world and all of that, and it being the last part of the world of the man in Daniel chapter 2, that he's referring, is it possible he's referring to God's creation of the heavens and earth at, the, at this time. 
Mm-hmm. So he's not not that he's referring to every human being on earth being an offspring, but that this whole man of Daniel two is his. He's the source of it. He's the one who created that in order to bring uh, the Messiah through Israel, who was being protected by this man all these decades or centuries. You know, this not something I've ever thought of before. But as you were talking, that hit me. I wondered if it had any kind of a connection, maybe, to the Daniel 2 idea. Well, of course, Daniel was, was directed directly to his people, Israel. This is directed directly to the Gentile community. Mm-hmm. Which the Daniel 2 man was all Gentile except for the clay toes. And I can't hear what he said. Daniel was, the statue was all Gentile. Oh, that's true. Oh I, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 The Gentile kingdoms. Well, then let me, let me ask another question, Tony, is uh, then when he talks about um, we, uh, quoting the poets, we are the offspring of God, is there something in there that suggests that some of us aren't? And he's talking about them without and apart from revelation. Because revelation is what made the difference. And they, did, they had no revelation. That's coming up in the next verse or two. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that yeah. would fit or not fit where the poets were some of those who were believers in Yahweh. You know, uh, but yeah, it, it was just a new thought to me that I hadn't thought about before, and thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> Anybody have any other comments on that? Uh, just going back to verse 26, talking about the you know from out of one came all the nations of man. That would be all the nations of man came out of one. And then and you know we have our we have our our what's the word is it dwelling or we have life in him um, is that true of all mankind hmm? and I was thinking along the same lines is that as we read this we must read this the way that we read everything else we must read it resistantly we must try to understand who we must try to remember who's talking and who he's speaking to and everything is directed into that Sure. And and so, what you just said, David, about them not having the revelation and that coming up in the next verse or two, is key. It's what? It's key. Oh, it's yeah. key. You, you can't read this and leave something out of it and have it make any sense. You take one part out and it's babble. They already called him a babbler. And that's why the people called him a babbler, and that's what led him to this sermon. You know, and I'm going to say what I've said before on this particular um, presentation of Paul. It lasted, lasted three and a half minutes or four. Of course, we don't know that everything is said. Yeah. Uh, Luke recorded everything. But, but um, it, is so, it covers so much, so much material. We, and Tony has said, you know, brought up a, a point that we probably need to ponder some. Yeah. Um, but... Three and a half minutes or four minutes, or if it takes you five, that's going to be a very short sermon. But if, if the meaning is there, and I've, 
Tony hasn't heard us say this, but we have a, a lady listening in, in a particular Oregon, in the um, uh, Western Oregon right now, and she memorized the whole book of First John, all five chapters. Remember that? Oh, it was beautifully done. And presented it to the congregation. Yeah. And she was like Mary. She put so much heart and feeling into it that you could just move with her words emotionally. That was one of the greatest things we ever did up there in yeah. Oregon, was having Jackie do that. Or she did it. And, but the discipline of memorizing all those chapters was just took, I think it took maybe two years of diligent labor to do that. We don't do that much anymore. But you're going to start. We're going to start a trend here. And uh, we're going to start memorizing a lot of things, aren't we? I don't see any takers. But gold, silver, and stone, no matter how it's designed, is not derived out of what it is God is. So let's go to verse 30. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold, silver, or stone, graven by art and man's device. And he, he's, what comes out of him is going to be reflective of what he is. And by the way, the only place in uh, the New American Standard that the word deity is used is in Colossians 2. And it's a mistranslation there too. Jesus is never deity. If he is, he wouldn't, he's not worth following. We ought to just discard the whole thing. But the, the point is that, uh, that uh, in Colossians 2.9, he's referring, writing to a people in 60 A.D. approximately, just for round numbers, and he's telling them that the character of God dwells in the church now. Because it's in the present tense. Dwelleth now that which took place 30 years before. Now it dwells in the body of Christ, his church. So the church is the only thing in the scriptures that is talked of as regarding the deity of Christ. Nothing else. We have to get that straight. Because Calvinism has just influenced all of our thinking all the way through. And we're a Calvinist free zone. <clears throat> now, let's go on. Uh, well, this version that you have says deity. What, this what? one that I'm looking at is New King James, and it says divine being. De deity, divine being. And which one? What talking about the word God? Where? The God, yeah. This is the New Revised Standard. But what verse are you reading? What? Thirty. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now He commands all people everywhere to repent. That's not the one. Oh. Uh, Twenty-nine. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver. We should not think. 
the, de the deity. The reason this word in verse um, 29, mm -hmm. the word for Godhead is spelled out the way it is, is because it's that which comes out of. So, obviously, God has character. He has qualities. And the qualities and the character of God are not expressed in gold, silver, and stone because that isn't, you can't reverse it. it you know, it's just like Greek. There's just a number of different words that have, English words that have been translated differently, but right. reality is it's just the word God in Greek, theon, in an adjective form. Right. So in a different with, part of speech. With ours, I'm wondering which yeah. Mine says divine nature. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. That would be yeah. better. I, I think what she's, she she would like to know which one you think would be best to use. Well, I, if if it's if yours um, says nature, that would be divine because see, nature. what I said was it's the word duplicato. It's the word du meaning things that can be duplicated. It's the part of God that can be duplicated. So not everything about God can be duplicated. He's infinite, infinitely wise. That cannot cannot be duplicated, but some things are. Parts of his nature can be. Most of his nature. Can Most be. of his nature can be. So the, the probably the name the word nature is uh, nature or what was your word? Nature. Yeah, nature is like character. So yeah. it's really close. Yeah. Divine nature. Yeah, divine nature. Divine nature is like. Because that's duplicatable. Then the divine nature is like gold or silver yeah. or stone. Can you buy that? Yeah. Good. Good. Good point. It's better than Godhead that no one agrees on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't explain it because you wouldn't have any way of knowing. The King James that uses Godhead here? No. No, it's the New America Standard that uses the word. Oh, here. Godhead. Yeah. In verse Godhead. twenty-nine, which version? Uh, New American. So does the American use Okay. Oh, okay. That might be the New King James. Um, the old one. You know, it takes a few readings for this to actually register. It's 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 not an automatic like a lot of things that you read are. This is uh this is a little. Once again, if you know what's been said and what's going to be said afterwards, it's easier to understand why he would say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And very obviously, this uh, this was a very opulent area anyway. There's a lot of money and time invested in all of these idols, and there was, you know, and then there was honor from it mm -hmm. among them. And so it's no wonder why they didn't really accept what Paul was having to say, because he he was saying basically that this is rubbish. It's all rubbish except for maybe this one. They, yeah, the unknown God. That's right. But he didn't take that approach. He did. No, he did not take that approach. He said, I've gone through this lineup of your people that you, you have so properly given your allegiance to. And that isn't the right way. That's not the way he worded it, though. But he was honoring their allegiance, not what they were allegiant to. Yeah. See? Okay. See my point? And he didn't take away their allegiance. He said, you know, you people are to be admired. You're very religious. Uh, very religious. And he said that positively. 
These, the, you people really have something that I wish some of our Jews, Jewish people would have. <laughs> Don't we have that same problem now? We have the same problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Except now the word religion is so negative. Now, if you, if you said it today, very religious, it might come across much more negative than I think what Paul meant for it, too. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's my point, I think, Tony, that he, I think he was being very positive. What was, I had a word here. Um, I wavered on that. Like James 27, you know, true religion is, and it mentions visitation of the yeah. orphans and widows. It's not, we made it negative. We've made it negative. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got to my statement last week that it was, he, he was giving these people some praise because they had an allegiance. Yeah, but I, I, I know of several, you know, people who, have fallen out of you know their place in faith because they asked the right que- they asked the right questions but they didn't get the right answers mm-hmm. and then they wanted nothing to do with it and and you admire their their the way that they they asked the, the questions but they were in such a bad situation that they couldn't they couldn't they they didn't get the the, the proper answers that they needed yeah because of a a tradition a a man-made temple of man-made ideas that were just as pagan as what they fell into afterwards, you know? Sure. Well, now he says in verse 30, and this times of this uh, lacking of perception, this, this time when there was no comprehension because of why? Now, quickly, his audience. Greek, Greece. And what is it that they did not have? Ha- they had not received yet any revelation. revelation. No revelation at all. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, he says there are some things that you can know instinctively. But you have had no revelation. That's why chapters, chapter 1, he deals with the Gentiles, and I mean the Jews just got, just got lathered up. By the time he got through chapter 1, tearing down the Gentiles, but saying a few things positive, he gets to chapter 2, and then he shaves those Gentiles. and He took them down a notch or two, and so in chapter 3, he said both groups... No groups. And he's talking about groups. All have sinned. Both groups, both the Gentiles. He's not speaking about every individual because the Bible has several references of people who did not sin. Um, David, quickly, do, do we know, is there any way for us to know how long Greece or that system had been uh, um, in place at the time of this sermon? Sure. And Neil can give us that rule probably very accurately. Well, I mean, if you go from Alexander, you'd be... uh, Just from Alexander? Okay. All right. um, And that... 336. About 400 400 years? About 400 years, then. Yeah. Yeah, I think about 400 years. In general. Okay. Okay. So that's 400 years worth of... uh, That was the Greece that Paul knew. 
there were people there before too, but they were they were different before Alexander. Yeah. Now, how the Gentiles met this struggling? The Jews didn't have to struggle with their view of God because it had been revealed to them. But the Gentiles had a struggle. Their solution was the arise of philosophers. That's why Paul, earlier in this chapter, named the, oh, the two, uh, two poets uh, weren't named, but we named them because they had this message uh, three or four years ahead of this time coming out of the Greek philosophy. And who has majored in, in philosophy? I mean, what people? The Greeks. Why? Because they, that was how they were meeting their struggle with God and about God. They had no revelation direct. Until this. Jews were supposed to be their revelation. Oh, but they didn't do their job. <laughs> yeah. You're right, Tony. Yeah. They were supposed to be, but they got, what they call it, self uh, in. Um, self centered would be a term, the word I'm really thinking of, I can't think of, but anyway, that's the idea. Self absorbed. Uh, self absorbed, caught up in themselves. Turning out, they turned in. Yeah. That's true. Good, good point well, there. The the pagan religions were simply people trying to find God in everything that was made, and I think that's a normal situation for people to do. They looked into the night sky. They looked into the ocean. They looked everywhere. They saw the power and beauty of it all. The order. And gave it a name. Mm -hmm. Then it became. Poseidon <laughs> and others. Without the order, without the repetition, they had no revelation of that. Then there'd be no learning. But it was the order and the repetition that allowed them to know that this just didn't happen. This is in order. Mm -hmm. That's a great point, Neil. That's just exactly the way that I think that everyone would do it. They would look at nature and try to figure out how it happened, where. And that's why in Romans 1, he says you can look at nature and cert find out certain things about God. In chapter 1. There are things you can determine from about God from nature. And then Paul is saying that you're, you've just begun to touch on it. Yep. Within yourselves. So remember that there... And philosophy today... Uh, I can remember when I took philosophy at Rocky, the, um, I remember Dr. Murphy, the instructor. He was so precise and so good, but all of this talk, I didn't realize that then we're all Greek philosophers. Going back three and four hundred years and talking about their struggle to determine the meaning and the value of life. And a lot of folks today are in religions that are based on the philosophy of the Greeks because they sound profound. They do. And if you'd have heard these poets talk about the offspring of God from their source and from their background, wow, that's quite an idea. 
we've lost even the idea of that today, maybe in some areas, but the, uh, it is so valuable to realize that the philosophy, philosophy is man's attempt to find meaning apart from revelation. The revelation of God, I mean. I don't mean the book of Revelation, but I mean revelation and it's God speaking to man through his people in a timely way, in a certain progressive time periods, and with a definite point in mind. But there is design and the nature of God and the nature of man all comes out of that revelation that the Greeks did not have. And so philosophy is man's struggle, man's attempt to find meaning to life and the meaning of God apart from revelation because they didn't have it. They should have had. The Jews were commanded to convert the Gentiles, but they got uh, self-embroiled. Bad situation. It's just like the church today. We meet here today. We, a few of us, you know, we meet. And uh, we go outside, and we're all over, and the people out there in the park, and the people that walk down the street, we ignore them. Of course, most of them want to be ignored, you know. They pay us extra for that. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> you know, we got to get up to where we were last week somehow. Oh, my time's up. I wanted, I, want, I wanted particularly to be here to get through verse 31. Yeah, I Can I go a couple... I want to hear verse 31. <laughs> I want to go to verse 31. Um, now, I'm, I'm skipping over some things I wanted to say, but I, first of all, I think the word day here in verse 31 uh, is more like it's used in Joel 3 or 2 Corinthians. This is the, now, the, now is the time or the day of salvation. It's the same Greek word. And... So I'm going to skip over some things because I'm supposed to be done right now at um, 20 minutes till. So give me just a couple of minutes here. He hath appointed a day. By the way, there is no article. Not the day. It is just has appointed a day. Time. Time. It actually could have been just time, but it's day in this case. Um, he hath appointed day in which he is about <laughs> well, I missed that one. Huh? You didn't see that? He is, that he is about to judge. Now, I want you to give me the word for judge because this is the crux of the matter. You want the definition? No, I want the parsing. Present tense. Now, it, present tense excludes punctilia. Mm -hmm. And punctilia means once. It, it means a point time. action. Point action, yeah. Present tense is lineal, linear. So he will judge, and he's already he has already given a beginning point that's not built into this word judge because the word judge doesn't have a beginning point. He has already given us a beginning point when he says he hath appointed a time or a day. 
and appointed there is, you know, at one point in the past, according to the narrowest um, and indicative. It's punctiliar. punctiliar. Yeah. So at one point, so see, you got to remember these two words have to fit together. One has a punctiliar beginning, that is a day, in which from that point on, he will judge the world, the inhabited world, and all it says now is the inhabited world, it doesn't say cosmos, he will, he will continue, he, he is about to bring forth a new way of judging of, of um, uh, making a distinction um, that he can do so in anyone's favor. The word judge doesn't mean necessarily evil or bad. It's, it's the point of distinction. God's going to make a distinction on a new basis now. The world, all of the inhabited world, because he's, he's winked at your not understanding things in the past. That, that's, that's all said and done. Now he has, in a punctiliar way, determined that he will judge the world, the inhabited world. He is about to begin, which uh, the word mellow comes from the word mellow. There means that he's about to judge the world, to begin to judge the world, the inhabited world, in righteousness in the man whom he hath ordained, whereof he has given unto all that he has raised him out of dead. We've got to quit, folks. I didn't get everything covered, but we can't. I can't go overboard. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.